Hey friends, welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on becoming better followers of Jesus. If you're eager, like I am, to follow Jesus Christ, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. As we move forward in our episodes, we are going to be looking back into the idea of what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, what it means when we accept that invitation to be a follower of Him, really an apprentice of Jesus. What does it look like to mimic our lives after Him, and what are the implications that that carry in our everyday lives? Remember, we're looking at the idea of what what difference does it really make, and so we want to kind of come back to that, spend uh, some weeks there really studying that. It's going to be a great uh, encouragement. It's going to be a great challenge, but I think it's really going to help us as we try to be more like Him and try to grow in our faith and really try to take our next step into what God would have for us tomorrow, for the next week, for the next month, next year. So I'm excited to dive into that with you. Uh, Before we do that, I just want to take today as kind of a lone episode to deal with the subject of this, of trials, of heartaches. I mean, if you're listening, I can imagine either right now you are suffering through some sort of trial, some sort of hard time. Uh, Or if you are not now, maybe you were previous, or unfortunately, maybe you will be in the future. Trials are something that come with life. I mean, life is like that. It's just you go from mountaintop to valley, back up to mountaintop, down to valley. But what I want us to consider is we think about the trials, the heartaches that come in life, maybe whether it's through sickness, maybe whether it's through events or circumstances, decisions that someone else made that forced uh, some trials into your life life, unwelcomed, unwanted. Uh, that does happen. Maybe, unfortunately, it's some decisions that you made uh, that you realize you say, oh man, duh, should not have done that. I wish I would have never done that. But there are consequences that come from our decisions. But the bottom line is this, in the trials of life, no matter how hard they are, no matter how unwelcome they are, God is working for a specific purpose, and these trials are not just empty, they're not a waste of time. God is truly working in them. So I just want to read to you a few verses here from James chapter 1, also 1 Peter chapter 1, and just try to give you some encouragement as God has been kind of sharing something and really speaking in my heart uh, considering this because, I mean, it's just like constant. If I can just be honest and transparent, trials just keep coming, they go, they come and they go. And how you and I experience and deal with those can be the difference of whether we'll grow in our faith and draw closer to God or whether we will uh, really not take that opportunity to grow and even maybe get frustrated or aggravated with or at God. So James says this, he says, brethren, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Let me just stop there. James, do you even know what you're writing? Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations? James, surely you must be too young. You've you've never experienced trials or temptations. We understand James, yes. I mean, he was suffering severe persecution uh, that Christians were experiencing. Uh, So he writes this to a scattered group of believers. It tells us that in the previous verse to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Why were they scattered? Because persecution people like Saul, who would become Paul, were literally killing and threatening Christians, ripping them out of their homes. People were having to leave their home places, their places of work. I mean, you're talking about trials. You talk about temptations. And he says this, count it all joy. 
And he doesn't just say a few temptations or a single temptation. He says diver, diverse temptations, many different types of temptations when they come into your life. And he goes on to say this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect worth that work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. So when we think about, <coughs> excuse me, trials that come into our life, trials are this. Trials are evidence that God is working in our lives. Think about that just for a moment. The trial that you and I would have never invited in, the trial that you and I wish would go away as quick as possible, is actually the evidence that God is working in our lives. And he's trying to do this. He's trying to grow us. You see, we have to understand that trials are not purposeless, that God is working through every single trial in our life. And it's the evidence of God's presence. You know, the, the thing about the trials are, as many times, that's when we feel God is MIA. We feel God is not around, that God is hiding his face, that God is nowhere to be found. He's left us. But the actuality of the trial is that is evidence of his presence. Because he's allowing that trial to come into our lives for the purpose of growing us, the purpose of strengthening our faith. You see, it tells us in this verse, count it all joy. I mean, it's almost like James, you're, you're a nut, man. There's, there's no way to count it all joy. How about count it all sadness? Count it all frustrating. Count it all just disappointing. Count it all depressing. Count it all anxiety-ridden, right? That's how we should write it. But no, he says, count it all not happiness. Notice that's not the word because happiness is an emotion that comes and goes depending on our circumstances. But count it all joy. And remember, joy is what? It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a choice. It's a state of being, if you will, that the Spirit gives to us. So count it all joy, which means you can have joy in spite of your circumstances. So count it all joy when you fall into these many different types of temptations. And this is the reason. He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith does what it worketh patience. Now, we all could use a little extra patience in life, right? But then it goes on to say this, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be what? Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You say, what is the end goal of the trial? Well, it's to try your faith. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. Uh, a faith untried, is it actually a faith? You can't even tell that you have faith until it's tried so that you can prove that you have faith. And so faith is tried in order to produce patience. Then it says in verse 4 that patience does her perfect work, that you and I may be perfect and entire, complete, wholesome, wanting nothing, that we can be completely satisfied with what we have. Jesus spoke to that end of you and I being satisfied as long as we have food, clothing, and, and a roof over our head. But the end goal is that we would not be in the pursuit of this world, the pursuit of material possessions, pursuit of prideful desires, pursuit of position, all these things, that we could just come to a state of being, of being perfect and entire and wanting nothing because we're content in life. Think about that. But the, the word trials there means to be put to a test. So we have to understand as you're put to a test, it has this goal this purpose in mind. First Peter talks about this same kind of idea here. He says in verse number four, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And watch what he says here, wherein you greatly rejoice 
though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Think about what he's saying here. You're, you're kept by the power of God. Through faith into salvation, you're saved, you're kept by him. But I want you to greatly rejoice, right? Here's our word joy again. Though now for a lifetime, now for a week or a month, now for a season, <coughs> excuse me, you understand that trials are just that. They come into our lives as seasons. They come and they go. But he just says this, and he uses the word heaviness here, because in all honesty, trials are not easy, and I'm not trying to dismiss anything that you're experiencing currently or have experienced in your life, trying to write it off and say, just get over it. Not at all. I understand trials are real. They're heartbreaking. They can be crushing at time, at times, and sometimes you don't even understand why things are happening. You feel like you're out of control. But I'm trying to remind us, as Scripture teaches us here, that uh, the trials that we face in our lives are evidence that God is working in our life, and it's also evidence of His presence. And can I say this? God's greatest work is done in the hardest of times in our lives. God's greatest and deepest work in our lives is done in the trials. It's not done in the normal ebb and flow when everything's going great and everything's just blue and happy. You see, God does his greatest work of growing us, of molding us, of drawing us to himself, of forming us into his image, the image of his son. That's our ultimate goal, right? He does that in the trials. Now, I've faced trials personally, and then trials as a family. And we recently went through a trial with uh, Amanda's health and uh, just the, the whole uh, situation that it was. But I can say this, during that time, of uncertainty about her life, of how she, if she would live at some point, at one point, if uh, she'd ever be able to, to walk and be active again. And we had no idea. But during that time, I never experienced God, God's goodness as I had during that time. How he sustained us, how he grew our faith, how he allowed us to latch on to him a little bit more, to, to understand more about his character. See, I, I learned so much more about who God truly is and his character, which led me into a, a study about the attributes of God to truly try to discover who is God. I think I know him. Do you know him? I mean, I think I know him, but who is God? How is he to react? How can I trust that he will be? And as you begin to draw closer to him and learn more about him, it just strengthens our faith. But he does that drawing and that work through the trial. You say, I would have never welcomed that specific trial and other trials that have come. Uh, you could have them. You can keep them. I don't want them, right? But that's where God does his greatest and deepest work in our life. And look what it says here, that the trial of your faith, understanding this a trial, it's a testing being much more precious than of gold. I mean, that is one of the most precious uh, metals on earth is gold. People love to buy gold, to wear gold. We understand it's precious. It's very valuable. But he said the trial of your faith, the fact that you're being tested is much more precious than the most precious metal on earth. Though it might be tried with fire, for this reason, might, that it might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And so I don't know what you're going through today last week, what you may face in the upcoming days, weeks, and months. But I want you to know this. There is purpose in the trials of life. They are not wasted time. 
They are not uh, purposeless. They are not there just to hurt you, harm you, there to draw you away from God. We have a decision as we walk through the trials. We can point the finger at God or we can draw closer to him. You may know the story of Job, and Job uh, lost everything in one day. The trial came in, a terrible storm came, killed his family, uh, killed his employees. Uh, his, his whole business was ruined, and I don't mean uh, just, just hurt. His business was ruined. His 401k destroyed. And then the second day, the trial comes, and it's even harder. He's lost all his children, his family, his employees, and now he loses his health. Even his wife would say, just curse God and die, Job. I mean, it's that bad. And sometimes we try to get on Job's wife, but we have to understand, look what she just went through. I mean, that is the emotional reaction of a broken-hearted wife and mother. I'm not saying that's the, the, the way we should go, because Job, obviously, as the Bible says, he remained a perfect and upright man, even though he went through that. And you say, what was the purpose of all that? And you fast forward all the way to the end of the book of Job, and it's that Job would say throughout the book, he said, I, I really never knew you, God, but now I do know you. And he even said this, now I see you. I know who you are. The whole purpose of all those trials was not to harm Job. It was to grow his faith. It was to strengthen his faith. It was to draw him closer in a relationship to God than he had ever been before. Remember, the trials of life are evidence that God is working in your life. It's evidence of his presence, even though he may seem to be far in distance. And so as best you can, look to God and walk through the trial of your faith and allow yourself to come out on the other end closer to God and more like Jesus Christ. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, we would love for you to share it with a friend or subscribe so that you can stay up to date on the latest studies. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.